0: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Baggies broadcast today, our Billich bonus episode. Uh, my name is Luke Hufford once again I'm joined as ever by our West Brom man, Matt Wilson. Matty boy, how are we?
1: I'm good, thank you. I think it's going to be part one of a two-part Billich bonus episode.
0: Oh, a double Billich bonus.
1: Yeah, I think we'll do another one next week after his, um, his, his unveiling and his big press conference because we'll hopefully get a better idea of you know a number of things where he sees the 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 squad and the club and and what his plans are and and get a feel for the man himself mm. um, but this you know is before the unveiling um we thought he might be unveiled this week yeah but uh, apparently he's got a pre a pre-booked holiday um that he will be on although I'm sure he'll be busy <laughs> for a lot of that week on on his phone no doubt preparing for the uh, the summer ahead um so we just thought, well, we've got to get a podcast in uh, and discuss uh, the appointment. Um, quite a big appointment for Albion, and um, I suppose that the search that led to it.
0: Yeah, certainly, and you know, we, you've you've covered that well. So this, this will do good listening if you uh if you want to listen to both of them in tandem. Then feel free, um, but of course, you know, Bilicin, um comes in on a on a Thursday when Matt Wilson was, you know, away from the office trying to enjoy a day off. And um, sod's law, isn't it, that it ruins your day off?
1: It's always the way, isn't it? Um, you can't really have a day off in this gig, to be honest.
0: No, that's all right, you can't. But, um, yeah, Billichin, happy with that?
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, I think the overriding um, feeling amongst the fan base is that it's a bit of a coup. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly if you... Compare it to the name, the appointments that Middlesbrough and Swansea have made in, in Jonathan Woodgate and um, Steve Cooper. It is certainly the sexy appointment out of those ones. Mm. Um, Woodgate is a rookie boss, and Steve Cooper um, has done very well with England's under 17s, but is also, I suppose, quite a, a young, fledgling manager. Now, yeah. that is not to say by any stretch of the imagination that this is the best of those appointments. Um, you know, you look at Swansea's track record, they they are they do tend to pick some good managers. Mm-hmm. Um and Steve Cooper is highly regarded, not just at St George's Park, but in the wider game. And, you know, I think there is every chance that Jonathan Woodgate could be a success. And billich's club career has been mixed at times as well. Yeah. So that, you know, that is not to say that this is gonna be um you know, this is going to guarantee Albion to finish above those two sides but I do think it is the right type of appointment for a club that is in desperate need of a leader in that sort of mould mm. um, I think there's been a lot of frustration in recent weeks and months at, at Albion um, maybe even years perhaps um, and I think there is, a, there is an undercurrent an underlying problem there which is that you don't have much clarity over the direction of where things are going particularly under the owner Guao Chen Lai Um, the the Chinese owners don't make many public statements if any Um, and that is you you speak to people at club and that is because they feel it would be disingenuous um, if they were to come out and and promise the world uh, because to be brutally honest they let um the people over in England get on with running it. So yeah. the people in charge of the club are our Chief Executive Mark Jenkins and technical director Luke Dowling. Um now Mark Jenkins is not um by his own admission um not keen on public speaking or, or loud pronouncements. That was never his forte before when he was at the club and I don't I don't think that's ever going to change. Um when Luke Dowling arrived I think um you know, obviously, he, he, it, it, you have to give him time to, to get his feet under the table. Um, but I think we're slowly starting to see more of him. Yeah. Um, but under Darren Moore as the head coach, you know, you're always looking for your head coach to be the spokesperson of the club. Pretty much in, mm. in, in all at all clubs, it's very rare. Um, there are a few exceptions, I suppose, but it's very rare that the head coach is not the spokesperson of the club and he's not the figurehead that that fans are drawn to. Mm. Um and i think under darren moore albin thought they had that towards the end of the of the season before yeah. towards the end of the premier league um but then things slightly shifted last season and he seemed to um clam up you know yeah. in, 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 in press conferences and, and 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 not really just didn't really it wasn't really the same um i mean he obviously was still the same Likeable and and, and humble and, and, and great guy that he is. I think the pressure just got to him a little bit. Perhaps I think it was more that he felt like there's a difference between being the caretaker and being the head coach. I think yeah. I think I think maybe that 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 did happen, um, and he did, maybe didn't feel like he could open up as much as he probably previously could. He felt like oh, you know, all of my words are going to be scrutinized, scrutinized and things like that. Was actually, you know, what fans want is is they don't want Uh, managers who sugarcoat things they don't want managers to to deliver empty platitudes, they want passion and desire and um, people who tell it how it is and I think um, they could see in Jimmy Shannon a professional caretaker boss who who wasn't afraid to mince his words Um, but I think in Bilic it's a slightly different prospect because he is more unpredictable and he is probably prone to um, I don't want to say um, it's probably too far and probably a dis- quite disrespectful to him to call it clownish behaviour but it's almost like um, excitable and passionate and you know you watch him as a West Ham manager okay towards the end of his time there he was he looked slightly haggard in my opinion but mm. during the when, when it was going well you know he was he was almost like the mid-table clop wasn't he and I think that yeah, is yeah. what Albion Arstri- Ar- are crying out for is a is a is a, is a a personality to come in and and take the whole fan base with them, um, and use their character, their character and their charisma and their personality to 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 reinvigorate a fan base who, let's be honest, were reinvigorated towards at the start under Darren Moore. They yeah. were that did happen, but it did ebb away quite quickly. But they, you know, we shouldn't forget that that period under Darren Moore for the first sort of four, five, six months of his tenure. Um, you know things were going well, so, but it did have a way. I think what they want now is, is is someone like Bilic who can come in from the outside, and um, revitalize them. Um, now you have to be more than that, don't you? You can't yeah, yeah, just yeah. be your personality. Um, you know, Klopp's just Klopp's not just a personality or or, or you know a smiling face. He's also a, a damn good manager. So you have to have more than that to your game, obviously. But I think Bilic does tick a lot of the boxes that Albion were looking for and I think that's why they've gone for him
0: yeah and you know you mentioned charisma I mean you come out with some golden quotes and I'm sure you're going to get plenty Matt um, work in it but like when you look at his charisma and his style I mean almost fits in with Albion I think you know he's got this mentality and he's got this style about him where I think fans and it's shown with previous clubs before have connected with him quickly and he's worked he's worked on that and I mean it it, it certainly gets you off on a good start doesn't it when you go into a new club and you're building the admiration of fans because it gets them on side straight
1: away absolutely Um, and I think I was saying to someone else uh, only this morning that it's important to build that relationship with the fans I think um, I think you know I think if it's it's hard to it's hard to explain the relationship with Darren Moore because There was an obvious respect and an obvious love, you know, for him at the start. But I think the the fans weren't always convinced by it. Mm. Now, if you're convinced by the manager and they're fourth on the table, I think you you're behind you're behind behind that. I think that was the issue. I think there was there was a lot of love for Darren and a lot of respect for him, but they, they weren't always convinced. So you've got to convince the fan base as well. I mean, and you you do you do that with more than just you know wacky phrases or or passionate speeches. You do that by making sense with what with your decisions, making uh, you know producing a product on the pitch that they enjoy and that they 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 see can can actually deliver winning football. Um, So you know, I'm always whenever I whenever. Something happens at Albion. I'm always reminded, you know, reminded of what you could determine as the Krakowiak conundrum You know, when what oh, phrase? When, that's when, a good phrase. When Krakowiak Krakowiak arrived, the the overriding response was, "Wow, what a signing for Albion! What a, you know, that that's you know he's he came from PSG. That's that's a fantastic signing." Yeah, and mm, I've certainly felt that. Well, well, how many times have you seen him play? Because I'll be brutally honest, I hadn't seen him play. I'd maybe i maybe seen him play for Poland, but not really even looked at him as a player, you know, just yeah. had the game on or something. Um and he turned out to be a bit of a flop, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, that, that summer the transfer window was widely heralded as the best business in in the division, and Albion went down. Yeah. Look at Daniel Sturridge again. What a signing for Albion! What a signing, you know. To, uh, what a coup to bring in someone of that ilk, and he ended up being a disaster. You do have to be careful, I think, sometimes when you get excited about these sexy names. Now, that's not to take away what I what does look on the face of it to be a strong appointment. Mm. Um, but I, I I just think sometimes, and you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of fans out there screaming saying, "Ah." Oh, Why are you being so negative? But I'm not trying to be negative. I just think you have to wait until these people prove it, you know, that they can do it. Now, the positives for Bilic are that he did very well with Croatia. Mm -hmm. And I think his time at West Ham, I think he did very well at West Ham. I think um, his critics would argue that he was perhaps more of a motivator than a tactician. Um, at times and I think a leaky defence I mean they were poor at the back um, it's spe- specifically in that second season under him but I think they have so much going on off the pitch you had the whole
0: stadium fiasco Dimitri Payet situation so much
1: a very difficult situation to work under um, those two situations you, you've, got, you've, you've got possibly the two worst situations you could have as a manager yeah. a, a a fan base revolting to be honest because you've moved to a new stadium you've ripped them away from their home Um, not Bilic obviously but the club Yeah, and then you've got your star player refusing to, to play or, or doesn't want to play it's very tricky and Bilic got criticised by some in the media and, and some players because of, of how things went after that but you do have to look at it and then think, well, were there mitigating circumstances um, whilst also thinking, okay, were those criticisms valid? So, my own personal opinion is that I think Bilic did a good job at West Ham and I, you know, I believe he wanted a break afterwards and mm-hmm. then he he pitches up in Saudi Arabia and, uh, you know, I think people probably read too much into that. He got sacked there after five months, but look, it's, that's, I think that's a different kettle of fish entirely. I think I think that's a I'll go over there, earn some money, and then come back. And I think now he is ready to um, ready to uh, well to get back into English game. But uh, you know, don't get me wrong, Albion is still a very attractive proposition. I think in the championship, and, yeah. and they will be competitive next season. But there is also an element of well, if Bilic Bilic needs this as well, he need he needs this to be a success. Mm. um he needs he needs albin as much as albin need him and sometimes that's great because that means that he's going to put everything into it and and the the the, the noises that i'm hearing is that is that he he blew them away with his passion and his and his detail as particularly his detail in, in his in his presentation on that first um that first uh interview on the tuesday night uh, was it maybe two weeks ago now mm. um and you know i th- i, th- I th- I think it's a good fit I, I I do think it's a good fit I mean a lot of a lot of people were perhaps calling for Chris Sutton because yeah. he um, been there done it um, in the championship an experienced pair of hands probably quite a steady pair of hands probably a safe pair of hands but uh, does it excite you though? But Albin have had that you know Albin had that with Pulis a safe pair of hands and it's not always is it and, and and is Hughton's heart in it after two years in the Premier League, slogging it out? Yeah. Bidditch, I actually think that, strangely enough, these two years out of it are, are good for Albion because he's he will be ready and raring to go, desperate to get started, and um, he's got a, he's got a point to prove as well. I think. Um, mm. So I think it's a I think it's a good fit all round. And what are the details of the
0: deal, Matt? For those who don't you know, know exactly how long he's going to be here for. I mean, you might,
1: you
0: know, you managers are giving contracts all the time. They don't always see them out. But, I mean, what are the details of the deal?
1: So, so he's got a, a two-year contract, which um, I think is about right. It's essentially the next two years of the parachute payments. Yeah. So it's a sign that, and I think there was a feeling at, at the at board level that, look, we obviously want to go up next season and we're going to be aiming to get go up next season because it does get harder each year. Yeah. But this is going to be a much bigger rebuild of the squad this summer than it would be, than it was last year. Yeah. So, last year was almost a one-year hit. Try and keep the squad together and get up straight, get bounce straight back up, as just like they used to, yeah. with the Premier League squad. This year, you're going to see a lot of changes in the squad, I think. And, if they don't do it this year, they're going to hope that actually what they've done is set the foundations for the year after. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully um, they get up in the next year, obviously. But that's obviously the aim. But I think there's, this is very much. Uh, and I think you saw it with 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 Bilic's, um, words when he was appointed. You know, there were there are short term and long term aims at this club, and they tally together. And I think that's what he means that mm. this is a this is now a rebuild. Um, and the squad that we're going to take, we're going to try and get up this year. But if it doesn't work, hopefully we'll be stronger for next year, and we'll do it then. Um, you know, after that, I think all bets are off because you lose your parachute payments. Yeah, the the owner's financial model, model may have to change. I've I've said it many times before, and here, and I've written about it before. You know, how sustainable is that model um, in in the Championship uh, a division, which is you know really, to be brutally honest, in at tipping point. I would argue um, mm-hmm. in terms of the finances. So. um that's But that's probably a, 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 that's more of a long-term question. Um, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it needs to be asked, obviously. But I think in terms of the short term or the next one to two years, um, it, it's going to be about planned um provided things don't go horribly wrong.
0: Yeah, and we've got his quotes here, actually. Um, I'm delighted with this opportunity, of course. We want to improve. We want to improve on the pitch. And Albion have convinced me that they want to return to the Premier League. Albion have a short-term project and a long project and they do not want to clash. Um, They wanted me to lead them, to help improve them. They made it clear to me that they wanted me to be the one to lead them in this and I didn't think twice once they'd spoken to me. I mean, as as manager quotes go, you know, upon appointment, he's always going to put himself across well. But there are some, you know, key points there, I think. And as you said, the long-term, short-term project. But also the fact that, you know, Albion wants to get to the Premier League. He wants to get to the Premier League with them. I mean, it's up in the air. Would he have been given a Premier League job, do you think, if one had come up?
1: Um, I'm not sure, is the honest answer. I think each club would have been different. I think maybe not. I mean, I think, that, like I said earlier, I think Bilic needs Albion as well as Albion need Bilic. Mm. Um, which is why I think it's, it can be, it, hopefully it will be a good fit. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he, he, he was considered for some jobs at at sometimes and maybe he would have been considered for some jobs when the first run of sackings came in the, in the year in the, you know in the year coming up um but you know he's he's got a chance to rebuild his career and get back in the Premier League and that's ultimately what i think he wants to do um, like you say the two the two things tie together although every manager who would have come to Albion would have wanted to get to the Premier League you know it's 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 that's that's just a given. So, mm. um, I think it was a it was an interesting summer because um, there was a number of, you know there were a number of candidates that they spoke to and, and Luke Dowling made the point in, in in his statement that you know we took our time with this one because mm. we needed to and I think you know in hindsight that was that was they were that was exactly the right course of action because um you you don't want to rush into rush into decisions like this um you want to feel like you've done your due diligence to the nth degree you know i i believe they interviewed and this is interviewed seven candidates yeah in the summer forget the forget the march mm. in the summer and um you know, Downing initially said at the end of the season well, we've got a short list of four but that, that evolved and that changed and there was, you know, a period where it, there was a possibility albeit slim that you could have the LMA manager of the year walking through the door yeah. in Chris Wilder and you do have to explore that option yeah, because if Albin had not explored that option and ignored it and then it had come, it, you know, it, it would have been a he would have been available then they would have been kicking themselves but I think they played it correctly they they gave him a deadline and said um, look if you, if you if you are actually going to leave your boyhood club on the, in the Premier League which I yeah. think there was always a bit of scepticism whether he really would Yeah. Um, then his deadline um, you know two or three weeks down the line you know we'll, we'll wait and see as it were as it was he, he's not left yet he's obviously waiting for that high court battle going ongoing between the Sheffield United owners mm. um, but you know don't be surprised to see if he walks he, he him walk out if if Prince Abdullah of Saudi Arabia wins that because it seems to be that he's very unhappy there so I think you do have to explore those options you mm. can't ignore that it would be it would you wouldn't be doing your right for the club if, if you didn't so um, you know I, I, I can understand why you know, it it t- it took time. Um, yeah. But that is, yeah, you know, that is, that is no bad thing, I suppose. And and especially, the the concern I suppose now is that they've got a lot to do. Yeah. But that you know, I think I think they're also. You look at who they've got there, Luke Dowling and Ian Pierce as as their recruitment chiefs. I mean, they 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 will have been drawing up targets beforehand. It's a case of obviously. They don't. They're not going to buy anyone that Bidich doesn't want, so they're going to have to run all these things past him. But you know, it's not. I don't think it's not like okay. Well, now we go. Yeah. It did. You know, there there will be, there will be and there will be things mooted. There would have been things mooted last week, and there will be things mooted this week. And you know, I've, hopefully, we're not in a situation where, um, where there are you know where you're starting the season. Oh, well, you're, you're nearly the start of the season, and you're still unsure of how the squad's going to look. But to be honest, it's the same every year, isn't it? Really, yeah. Did mean, the transfer transfers always always drag on because that's the, the, the way that clubs, all clubs, negotiate? So um, I wouldn't be surprised if if actually that was the case.
0: Yeah. What would you say, Matt Billic's three biggest tasks now that he's come in to Albion?
1: Well, I mean, the the, the biggest task is to rebuild the squad um, yeah. I'm expecting a few a few players to go probably a few high profile players to go mm. maybe not as many as as we thought before this appointment I wonder if this appointment might convince one or two who are on the who were on the fence yeah. to stay thinking about um, players like maybe like Matt Phillips or, or Jake Livermore you know Players um, that, or Kieran Gibbs perhaps. Players that, yeah. you know, probably would leave if they had the opportunity. But actually, now that Billich is here, well, maybe there's a maybe there's a reason to stick around. Yeah. Um, you know, every every player is different, and they've got their own sort of, they've got their own personal lives to think of, and their own setups. And and I think a lot of those players are sort of nearing the age where they want to be playing in the Premier League, and yeah. You know, like, I think some of them will have to be offloaded off the wage bill because the wage bill needs to be trimmed. But you never know; he might he might keep a, he might keep a couple of that of that of that core that we that everyone sort of assumes will go. Mm-hmm. Um, you said three things, didn't you? Yeah, three tasks. So the rebuild. Yeah. Um, I think I think what what will be crucial next year is to try and try and assimilate assimilate some of the young talent that Alvin have got in 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 the club into the team and into the squad. I don't think we saw m- enough of Sam Field last season. Maybe not even enough of Kyle Edwards. Now, the flip side of that argument is there was a lot of, a lot of uh, competition for their places. You know, you think yeah. about who the attacking talent Albion had last season, how many goals they scored. Kyle Edwards always going to be difficult to get in. You think about the mid- central midfielders that Albion had last season, the options that they had at their disposal throughout the whole year. I mean, they had eight midfielders by the end of it. Yeah. It's always going to be difficult for Sam Field to get in, and obviously there was the emergence of Raheem Harpo, sort of leap, leapfrogged him as well. But I think you know, there is a wider question at Albin about the the academy and how how many how much talent it is producing at the moment. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the departure of Mark Harrison soon. But yeah. the there is obviously a production line there, but you need to get that those players into the first team. Um, otherwise, there are question marks about how how much point there is I mean the pe- people that work in academies will always say and quite rightly that it's about um, producing players who are fit to go into senior football so they can quite rightly be proud of players like Romain Sawyers and Chris Wood who went off and became yeah. became players elsewhere um, but in terms of a cold hard business fact I think um, the club want to see those players Especially considering the financial model that they are under under Grouch and Lai, they want to see those players into the first team and making a difference. Now, I think we saw glimpses of it, didn't we, last season with Sam Field's goal, Kyle Edwards' goal. I think there is potential there. Yeah. Um so it's a big it's a big season, I think, coming up for um Arben's youth players. Um some of those players, you know, it, it is they have to do it this season really, um, because of the age they are. But also in terms of the whole the wider question about You know what is an academy for, and Mm. um, I think it's about it's about producing players for your first team. And I think Albion have got such a strong academy and and such such good people that work in it. I mean, I could you know there's there's a number of people who do great jobs in that academy. Um, From Steve Hopcroft who does the recruitment to Mike Scott under 18s boss to even. I've got his first name now, Naylor, the um, academy goalkeeping coach who's been there for 20 years. I mean, mm. these these are all very good people um, and I think, you know, the, it's a big year for them and Bilic, one of Billich's tasks will hopefully be to assimilate them as well. The yeah. third one I would say is, is hopefully what this appointment does do is make Alvin a more attractive proposition to outside players. Yeah. Hopefully, if you're a, if you're a, you know thinking yeah. about playing in the championship and you've got a few offers you look at West Brom now and you think I'll go play for Slaven Village, 100% yeah. um and hopefully it, he carries some weight and also some influence and maybe even some contacts in in the transfer market and recruitment will be another big thing i mean obviously he'll work alongside Ian Pearce head of recruitment and, and Luke Dallin, technical director mm-hmm. but i'm um, hope hopefully his name and his reputation alone will be able to uh to bring in some good players because that is important, you know. Obviously, we saw last season that I think we saw with Sheffield United that you know a good manager can get you very far in, in the division. But I think we saw in Norwich that good recruitment can get you very far as well. And if um, it has to be shrewd, obviously, it, but hopefully a lot of players will be enticed to come to Albion because they've got Slav and Bilic. Mm.
0: I'd agree with you there you know he's a big name and as you said one of the sexier appointments you could have made um, what do you think constitutes success for him this season I know it's very early on but
1: it, it's it's so difficult to ask that. I think they want to be com- I think they want to be competitive for promotion I think I think hope I think I would say top six and, and maybe I think if I'm trying to think if, if they finish seventh how would it go down I mean if they finished 7th uh, and they lost a lot of players and you could see that things were improving, yeah, you know, almost in the terms of what Swansea did last season where they finished just outside the playoffs but they they lost so many players. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying that Albion won't go down that route because Swansea's owners have sort of ripped the heart out of that club. But what I mean is it's about extenuating circumstances, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, I think last season... The reason why Darren Moore was sacked when in Albion were fourth is because there was a feeling that the the, the team wasn't performing to its capabilities and it was dan- and it was in danger of dropping out the top six. Now Slavon Bilic might be fourth in March this season and things might things might be really hunky-dory mm. because there might be just might be a different I feel about the team. There might be different expectations because the players on the pitch. Um So it's difficult to say. Um, You know, going back to Swansea, Potter was picked up by Brighton because he had a successful season and they finished outside the top six. Now, I do think for a club of of Albion stature and with their parachute payments, I think top six has to be the aim. So I wouldn't go as far to say maybe I think finishing seventh would probably be not a failure, but it would be acceptable. I, I think it would be disappointing if they finished seventh. So top six, I think should be the aim again. Um, and obviously, anything above that would would be great. I mean, if he finishes in the top two, then it's job done, isn't it? But yeah, I think I think top six is probably where I'd, where you'd hope for them to be aiming. Do you think he's helped
0: by? I mean, it, the season hasn't started, transfers haven't been made yet, but a lot of people are looking at the championship now, and they see Leeds as you know probably the favourite. But after that, I mean, the teams coming down are a little bit much of a muchness. I
1: think Fulham will spend a lot. I mean, they've got very rich owners, deep pockets. Um, I think Fulham will be strong. Um, the only question mark you could have, I suppose, is their manager, who is another rookie. Yeah. Um, I think, um, as for Huddersfield and Cardiff, I think Cardiff might give it a good go, to be fair. Um, you know, Warnock knows how to get promoted out of that league. Yeah, and it will have parachute payments to to play with as well. So I don't think you can rule them out. And yeah, but Leeds will probably be the favourites because of the manager that they've got. Um, other than that, I think you're looking at the you know the same the same sort of people, the same sort of teams as last year. We don't know what's going to happen with Derby. Um, Bristol City might kick on again, or have they reached the ceiling? I'm not sure.
0: Wednesday could be good this year. Sheffield season.
1: Wednesday could. Could be there. I mean, they they did really well under under Steve Bruce, didn't they? So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I actually think Brentford might, be, although Brentford probably have their their best players taken away from them. But Brentford kicked on under Thomas Frank after a jittery start, so they might be up there. But yeah, you're right. There's there's apart from I suppose you would say Leeds are the favourites. Um, Stoke will spend as well. Um, there'll be a lot of pressure on Nathan Jones there. Yeah. So they might be in 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 the shout in with the running, but. It's it's it is like with every championship season, it is wide open, and, and you know, I mean, it's, it's impossible to predict because last season I think Norwich was something like seventeenth favourites, weren't yeah, so yeah, You 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 make fools out yourself if you predict the championship.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think Cardiff were tipped for relegation the season they went up. So there you go. There you have it. Um, what's to do with backroom staff, Matt? I mean, we've not heard anything yet, but um, you know, Billich will obviously want to bring in his own men.
1: But what about what about Jimmy Shan? What's going to happen with him? So I'm expecting um, the club to confirm a couple of appointments tomorrow Tuesday mm-hmm. um, on Billy's backroom staff. I believe there are a couple of um, people that he has worked um, with before sort of in Eastern Europe I don't think they're from I I'm not entirely sure who they are but I don't think they're from the West Ham group um, I don't think they're from that 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 group of uh, assistants but there'll be people that he's that he's familiar with um, wouldn't be surprised to see if they were Croatian but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that they are mm. um, in terms of Jimmy Shan he is a club appointment so he's first team coach as it stands yeah. and he will not be asked to um, what's well, my understanding he will not be asked to to be returned to the 23s I think him and Bilic will naturally have a sit down and a chat about football when when they meet I mean they're both on holiday at the moment um, and if they get on and if they agree to, to certain things. I think Jimmy Shan, you know, the club he's first team coach as it stands. That is his role. Mm. Um and the club I think I know the board I know Luke Dowling and Mark Jenkins were very impressed with him towards the end of last season and they they'd like to keep him on. Similarly, I think Shan will have offers from outside. Yeah. And um you know I I I wouldn't be surprised if he Decided okay, this is the time to to maybe try something new. Whether that's uh, um, uh, becoming a man- manager himself in his own right in League Two or League One, um, whether that's taking a, a, a different coaching role somewhere else, I'm not sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had offers. You know, he did say at the time when he was caretaker that it had given him a taste for managerial experience. Yeah, um, I've seen a few people suggest that he, he might be the the new academy manager after Mark Harrison, but I, I'm not sure about that because I think I think Sham likes coaching on the grass. I think he's mm. I think he feels at, at home as a coach, um, uh, either a coach or a manager. Certainly, I'm not sure the the sort of managerial aspect of that job would would appeal to him. I might be wrong, you know. You never know. But um, you know, I think that one's up in the air. But at the moment, he is first team coach, mm. um, and unless he or I suppose he and Bilic together decided differently that would be the case
0: yeah and you know Bilic has had good connection with fans in previous roles um, I was reading up on him when he went to Besiktas he actually grew out a beard um, in an effort to try and assimilate with the fans because you know we, there was a reporter who was speaking about him saying he grew out his beard because you know a lot of fans could relate with him more now
1: has anyone ever told you you look slightly like Slavin Bilic uh,
0: Especially I'd, with uh, your beard like that. It's funny because I'm actually shaving my head later this week. Are you? Yeah, Why? yeah, yeah. I'm losing my hair. I'm losing
1: my hair on the top of my head.
0: So I said to my girlfriend, I said, if it gets to a, to a point where you want me to shave my head, I'll do it.
1: Let's have a look. I mean, this is not a great feature for a podcast. No, but we
0: need a video cast for it's this. It's not
1: that bad.
0: It's quite long at the moment, so it's hiding it. Right. But I said to her, I'd give it a go on Friday. I'm off for two weeks after Friday. So I don't have to come to the office, don't have to do any videos. So for two weeks... I'm gonna do it. I said to her I'd do it, and uh, completely bick it? It's not gonna be completely gone. It's gonna be down to like a one or a two. Okay, all right. Send so me,
1: send me a photo, <laughs> and we'll see how much like Billich you look.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll 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 get a picture, done and I'll uh, I'll try and find one where I put off a pose similar to Billich. I think out. if
1: Billich had a beard and your hair, he'd look like you. I
0: don't know whether to so, say as a compliment or not. I think it's a compliment. I'll take all it. All you
1: need is a cigarette and an earring, and you'll be you'll be
0: there. And a guitar, maybe. Yeah, he's a, he's quite a musician. Is he a guitarist? Okay, yeah, yeah, fantastic. quite a musician as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, builds builds connection with fans, and he, you know, he's interested in the way he does that. It's important that he does that. at The Hawthorns as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I and mean, I think he will. I think he naturally will. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to happen. But um, because the fans already seem to to love the idea of him, mm-hmm. I, you know, as we've just said, you know, he's a, a punk rock. Um, manager isn't he He's. I don't think he's like this anymore but he used to you know he used to smoke and have an earring and like you say play guitar he claims he's a socialist and you know I think he is I think for a club like West Brom who are um, have always seen themselves as somewhat of I don't want to say sort of alternative but you know almost culturally Avant-garde and yeah. different and slightly quirky. Everyone's second favorite team, at, at, you know. At times in, in the seventies, you know, the, the the cool green and yellow yeah. kits and Cyril Regis, Laurie Cunningham. I think there is a, there is something about that that you know they're not the established, you know, Albin are not the establishment, although they've been a, a an established football club since they were founding fathers. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? I they, know they, exactly they, what you mean. I hate to say it but you know Aston Villa were the
0: yeah the establishment they're, yeah, and, yeah, and
1: yeah. Albin are sort of like the the quirky cool um I know what you mean I mean I, maybe 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 that's wrong but that I, I just feel like Billich might tap into that sort of that underlying feeling a little yeah. bit and um you know you uh, Al, I think Albin sort of they like they like those sorts of players as well Yeah, uh, you know like Zoltan Gearer and um you know, Paul Shana, people like that that are a bit, a, a little bit crazy. Not,
0: yeah, but uh, crazy in a good way.
1: But passionate about the club, and I think uh, ultimate, ultimately, that's what all fans want of every club. They just want their their tit, their the people that are in it to show to show the same passion that they have. And I think I think Bilic will connect with the fans. Now the question is, is whether he can convince them, as we yeah. said earlier.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, Villa are almost like that chain brand restaurant, whereas Albion are the, are the independent restaurant next door, which everyone actually prefers.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Coming from a Villa fan. Coming from a Villa we've fan. We've turned here. him, ladies and gentlemen. We have turned him.
0: <laughs> yeah, my, They're definitely my second favourite club, put it that way. Um, championship club? Oh, they're 100% my championship club. No doubt about that. Um, right, let's look back at his managerial record very quickly. Um, started, of course, with Hajik Split. 16 games in charge, won 68.8%. Uh, went on to Croatia under-21s before taking the full-on job. 65 games, 42 wins, 15 draws, 8 losses. I mean, you had a, a good squad at Croatia, but, it, I mean, still a brilliant record. Locomotive Moscow, 32 games, you won 40% of those. Besiktas, 91 games, 51% win record. So when it gets to West Ham, it's quite interesting. 111 games, um, 42 wins, 30 draws, 39 losses. That's 37.8%. But it was his first season, I think, where a lot of the Hammers fans really endeared themselves to, him. and obviously it's helped that he was a former player. But um, got him to Europe that first year—I mean, you can't smirk at that.
1: No, and you know people say, "Well, he had some great players like Piatt, and uh, did you have Lanzini then?" He certainly had Lanzini in his second. Well, he, brought, year, he brought them in. Um, uh, it's always difficult though because without knowing the ins and outs of, of every signing it's hard to know who recommends what and yeah. was it a club decision was it a yeah, manager decision? but I think I think the one of the problems in his second or third year was that the, the recruitment wasn't that good so mm. um, you know um, in terms of his club career as I said it has been slightly mixed I mean the locomotive Moscow uh, spell I think he took them to their worst ever finish in the Russian feder- in the Russian league but that was his first club job, you know. It's, it's and it was a long time ago. Yeah. So you do have to. I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt there. Besiktas, he finished third back to back with them, which is I suppose fine. Um, Although they they normally try and challenge for the, the league in that division. I'm not sure the ins and outs, whether they did or not.
0: He was criticised in his last season because he had him top of the table, and after a couple week after a couple of weeks, they went on a bit of a poor run, ended up finishing third.
1: Right. Okay. I think the time at the time at west ham is probably the one that's most relevant isn't it let's yeah. be honest because it's, it's english football and as i said before i think i think there was a lot to be positive about it and there were extenuating circumstances to the bad things now i suppose only time will tell whether this is whether this is uh, you know whether this is a good fit but i i tend to think that that it that it is mm. um for the, for the reasons i've already stated um look like with like any manager there will be a, an element of risk involved. Yeah. Um, I think the only... I mean, the only manager I can think that would be a sure thing would be Chris Wilder, which you could understand why, yeah, they were, yeah. why they were so interested in him. Um, but I think with any, with any appointment, there's going to be an element of risk. And, and actually, what is important is that the fans have got behind this one Mm. and that is that does go a long way because uh, there will be there will be a lot of goodwill now this time last year we were saying well there'll be a lot of goodwill for Darren Moore um, and that ebbed away Uh, but I think there was also a little a a bit of doubts over his experience because he was a rookie yeah Um, so now I think there will be a lot of goodwill towards Billich and I think there, well, I hope anyway, but I hope that there is a a realization of the job in hand, and 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 actually that you know the the wage bill does need to be trimmed. He is likely to lose some of his better players. He's going to have to rebuild the squad. You know, it's going to be a tricky summer. Um, it's going to be players agitating to get back to the Premier League. He's going to have to deal with all that. You know, I think there will hopefully there will be an understanding of that, and and you know I think. Based on the two-year contract, I think the the club and the board are willing to give him time and want to give him time. Yeah, Um, I I get the impression. You don't know. I mean, until a ball is kicked, it's hard to predict. But I get the impression that the fan base are ready to give him time as well.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, Of course, we did touch on it briefly before. One man who won't be working with him is Mark Harrison. Um, Leave something as a something of a legacy as he departs for Villa, I think.
1: Yeah, so Mark Harrison, the Academy Manager, has gone after thirteen years. I think he was promoted to that role by Dan Ashworth when Ashworth I think this is right, Ashworth was originally Academy Manager, then went to technical director and then promoted Harrison to that role. And Harrison has continued the work that Ashworth did and and then some you you could argue. Yeah. Um the Academy's punched above its weight continually for the last few years. Um the, we're starting to see the, f- the fruition of Mark Housen's work alongside the team that he has with him. Um, you know, it's not just a one-man band. It's important to stress that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw the FA Youth Cup run this year where they got to semi-finals the first time in 41 years. You've seen a number of players um, start to break through to the first team or knock on the door, certainly, in the last couple of... Well, in the last season, certainly. Um Rakim Harper, Sam Field, players like that. I think um, you, see, you know they they had more England youth internationals than Man United and Liverpool last season, which shows you where they are. Yeah. Um, you know, it shows you how how well they're doing. And the reason, you know, Harrison, you know, Villa have obviously picked Harrison because he's very good at his job, and it will be big shoes to fill. Yeah. Massive shoes to fill. Um, I think, you know that. There are three candidates from within the club that will probably be considered, from what I gather. Steve Hopcroft, who's um, well-known recruitment uh, head of junior recruitment, now I'm not sure whether he that's whether that's his bag, but I think he, he's done so well for Albion in recent years that he, he must be considered for it. Mark Scott from the under-18s, um, who did so well. Um, with the FA Youth Cup run this season. Yeah. He's got his academy manager's licence because um, he used to work for Warsaw, so he'll be a strong candidate. Um, and Ryan, I think it's Ryan Lowe, I think he's the uh, head of coaching at the academy. I may have got that name wrong, but um, he will also be a, uh, a candidate. I think he's previously worked with the FA and Chelsea. So there are options within the club. Um, or alternatively, Luke Dowling might want to go from outside, you know, pick someone that he knows from Watford or Nottingham Forest where he's previously worked um, or perhaps someone completely different um, but there is, as I said earlier it's an interesting time for the academy because you know you've got players like Rakeem Harper and, and Louis Barry as well who's, who they've got high hopes for potentially being lured away um, yeah. at this at an early age um, Harper hasn't signed his contract and it's up at the end of the month He's likely to leave, unless maybe Bilic can talk him around. Um, and Louis Barry is uh, 15, turning 16 later this week. And, and from then, he can go. And Barcelona have been linked with him as well. And I suppose that there is a wider question of these these players that they're producing need to be kept within the club at, at, as much as they can. But it's difficult. What do you do when a, when a player like Harper is... Is just refusing to sign a contract. I mean, I suppose the the answer would be we well, offer him more money. But but at what point do you say enough is enough?
0: Yeah, you don't want to get fleeced by players, do you? At
1: what you know? At what point do you think? No, we can't we can't offer him that much because then he'd be on more than the you know the senior first team. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's um, it's a difficult question and. It's an interesting time at, at, at Albion's at Academy because they've lost their um their figurehead and uh it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I I, I mean, I, I hopefully it um I, I if it was me, I'd I'd like to see them appoint from someone with it from within and and crack on because I think they've got some great people in there. Mm. Um they do some great work. Um but you could understand why Dowley might might go for someone from from outside. That he trusts, um, yeah, or, 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 the, or maybe they look at it uh, again. I mean, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but you look at, at other other teams and other clubs are have decided to go down the route where they they don't have certain age groups in their academy. You know, Huddersfield yeah. stopped. Um, I think it was up to under 16s. Was it? Was that they 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 went from a category two down to a category four. Mm because they didn't feel like they were getting the the benefit from what they were spending in the academy. Brentford completely shelved their academy completely, yeah. and now they just run a B team. Now, I'm not saying Albany are going to do that, but I think there is a wider question at um, a number of clubs lower down the pyramid who, especially in the championship, where, as we said, money is so tight, about what constitutes... Um, you know what? What do you want from your academy? Yeah. And if if they can't keep these players because European clubs are coming in and and taking them away for a flat fee of of two hundred thirty five thousand pounds, it's difficult. You know, it is it is difficult to keep hold of them. I mean, I, this is not a new problem as well. You know, mm-hmm. Izzy Brown, Yan Danda, Matt Smith—they in two thousand thirteen Albion's best talent were, were, were poached from them, and it caused Jeremy Peace to to question. You know, well, why should we have an academy if this is all we're gonna get? Yeah. Now, I suppose the flip side to that argument, which is a which is a very very strong argument as well, Side of Berrihino earned you twelve million pounds, mm-hmm. Kima Roof earned you one point two million pounds in the So there's thirteen and a half million pounds you've you've generated there. The problem is I think that that the, the Albion are in danger of seeing their best talent going before they can earn that money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That Albion were, were were criticized at the time some by in some courts for for holding on to Berrahino too long and perhaps they did, but when Tottenham came and offered five million up front, um you can understand why when they think, well, no, we've we've we have honed this player for so many years, mm. we think he's now worth this much. Why on earth would we sell him to you? Yeah. I mean, obviously it went south and Siders career has never really recovered, but it's it, there is a there is a big question there about um, not just at Albion pretty much all I would say EFL clubs hmm. about what what you use your academy for and, and and why you use it
0: yeah certainly an interesting debate but one um, one man which um, won't be working with Albion um, any longer anyway let's go on to questions Matt um, we've got a fair few coming as you might expect um, first one comes from West Brom Fan TV who are Albion's transfer targets and that's followed <laughs> up by Jay who asks yeah is there any truth in the, the Dwight Gale rumours
1: Right. Okay. Let's deal with the Gale thing first. Yeah. So, um, as far as I'm under, as far as I understand, nothing has changed in the in the Gale situation. Now, I mean, cannot afford to buy him permanently because that would be um, a ten million pound fee um, plus fifty or sixty thousand pound a week for three years. Yeah. Which uh, how much is that off the top of my head? I can't do that maths. A fair, three, a fair six, bit. Well, sixty thousand pound a week is, is three mil, isn't it? Yeah so that would be you're 9 talking 19 million, million. So you're talking 19 million um, they can't afford to spend that and I know a lot of people will say well hang about what about the Solomon Rondon money you're going to get 16 and a half million from him and he's at Newcastle surely there's a deal to be struck there maybe right?
0: maybe you'll get 16 and a half I
1: completely understand why why people would would, would would go down that route but Albin's negotiating position with Solomon Rondon actually isn't that strong every club knows that they've got he's only got one year left in his contract and he doesn't want to stay so Albin have to sell mm-hmm. or risk losing him for free uh, next summer, and when it or we'll sign a pre-contract agreement in January. So they have to sell this summer. So actually, the only club that has made anything like a concrete well, it wasn't even concrete, but anything like a sort of first offer was Wolves, and they're talking figures well below sixteen and a half. Mm. Now, I think the Albin need an auction to get up to sixteen and a half. But also, when it hits sixteen and a half, you then lose your negotiating chip with Newcastle for Gale because they'll just say, "Well, why would we? Why would we agree some weird deal with you?" Yeah.
0: Um,
1: because I can understand why people say, "Well, let's get him in and and and, and have a release clause next summer if we don't go up, and uh, or get him in on loan, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll have a, um, a clause. If we do go up, we'll buy him next summer. If we don't, then we can let, let him back." Well. Unfortunately there are other clubs in for Dwight Gale who are willing to pay Newcastle whatever it is, yeah five, ten million and give them sixty grand a week. Um you know, Fulham being one of them. And Newcastle know that once they get to sixteen and a half, there's there's nothing Albin can do about Rondon. So the only the only way that I could see anything possibly happening is if Newcastle come to Albion and say, we don't want to pay 16 and a half for Rondon. We want to pay 12 but we'll give you Gale um and you can use or we want to pay 10 but we'll give you Gale and ten and two million towards his towards his uh, towards his wages online. Yeah. But I just I the problem is I just think there's too many variables. I think the fact that there, there are clubs out there willing to give Gale the contract he wants mm-hmm. um, potentially even Premier League clubs but certainly ch- clubs in the Championship
0: um, Not even mention that Gale might want to play in the Premier League well, He will
1: do of course he will do um, I think the Newcastle takeover situation muddies, out, muddies all these waters because they don't know if they can even do business at the moment whilst they're going through that so it's unfortunately I think that and, and going back to the argument about well, why don't you just use the Rondon money to, to to pay for Gale well this summer Albin have just released five players yeah, and they've let six loanies go back to the parent clubs that's a whole team that they've lost they could also lose a, a, another a, a, some more they need to buy players this summer yeah um Which me, and quite a few to have a squad next summer, next year that is capable of of dealing with forty six games in championship. So Rondon's fee needs to be spread across two or three players. If Rodriguez goes, they need to buy three strikers. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I understand why people are saying, "Well, we'll just go get Gale because he guarantees you twenty goals," but he doesn't, does he? Because he could get injured. Yeah. And if you spent ten million, if you spent nineteen million pounds of your budget bearing in mind you're getting how much you get next year for the parachute payments 35 million and the year after that you only get 15 million so if you're spending 19 million in the next two years or next three years and you're only getting 50 million in parachute payments you can't do that on one player no you have to spread it over spread it about now because there were so many players that need to buy now I completely understand why people want it to happen and I'd love it to happen but unfortunately I think the the cold the cold stark reality is that it's just not financially viable at the moment unless something amazing happens um, that I haven't foreseen in the next uh, few weeks and um, I don't know what that would be uh, maybe unless Newcastle approach out with some crazy deal that that Albion would think okay well maybe we could do this but yeah. I just think Albion is shopping in a different market now they mm. can't have players on 50, 60k a week they have to have players back down on 10, 15, 20 they can't afford to be they can't afford to have those wages on on the books um, and you know you look at I mean we've spoken we've spoken a lot about Villa but you look at what Villa did in the second year of their parachute payments and they didn't go up and then they had to be bailed out by. They, well, they bet the house. They bet, they gambled the house in promotion, and it, and it, they didn't get it. And then, and then Tony Jard had to be bailed out by. Um, Wes Edens and the Nassif Sir hmm and to be brutally honest, I'm not convinced that a sugar daddy like that would necessarily come in for West Brom, in the same way that they came in for Aston Villa. Yeah, and that's that's that means no disrespect to us to, to the club that i obviously i cover and follow but that there is there is a difference between in the prestige of those two clubs and um you know I've, i think you have to be re- you have to be realistic about these things um and unfortunately as much as 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 as, as almost it's like a, it's such like a horrible indictment of modern football isn't it really that yeah. oh, this wonderful player who um, probably would want to play for West Brom and Albion would love to have the 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 money involved means that it, that it can't happen mm. and you know we're seeing this all up and down the all up and down the pyramid I mean it's from the from the highest echelons where you've got players like Sanchez who can't can't even leave on Ozil who can't even leave their clubs because they on too much wages and no one's going to buy yeah. same situation with it's same, you know th- because they on too much and you see this you see it all up and down the pyramid so unfortunately this is just the, the financial reality and, and 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 as annoying as it is that situation now if they turn him <laughs> it'd be great if they could do it but I, I just I just can't see it working from what I gather and from what I've been told just can't see it working at them at the moment.
0: It's not very often a club would come out and categorically say we can't get a player back unless they were genuinely being truthful about it. And I think West Brom are being genuinely truthful that they can't afford.
1: But what do you want them to do? Do you want them to gamble the house? That's the thing. Do you want them to, to gamble? The, 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 prob, the problem they've got is that the, the owner who spent £200 million on buying the club perhaps fair enough doesn't want to invest any more money in it, into it because he's already spent 200 million on it yeah um, you know it's I, I I understand the frustrations because Gail was a special player and mm. he was brilliant last season and with him in your, with him in you in, in, in your dressing room you've got such a good chance but um look, let's see what they come up with as an alternative
0: mm. what about transfer targets
1: matter otherwise well they've been they're going to be obviously been drawn up by Luke Dowling and, and, and Ian Pierce sort of I think dan has been pretty preoccupied with the uh, with the managerial search, but Ian Pearce certainly has been has been scouting and and I think they've got their own sort of scouting network in place now. I think I think they let a couple of uh, a couple of people go towards the end of last season or maybe when the season finished, and, and they've got their own team in place now. Um, but obviously, any any deal has to be um has to be agreed by by Billy. So mm. um, the one name that, is, that has cropped up. Is, is Reese Oxford? Um, it was at West Ham at the moment. I think Billich gave him his debut when he was sixteen. I
0: remember, he had a worldy performance. Yeah, when he came was, in, didn't yeah.
1: It? I mean, he was. He was due to be going to Augsburg in, in Germany, but I think that transfer's fallen through. And it looks like Albion were interested in him before Bilic, Before they appointed Billich, but this has yeah. sort of strengthened their hand slightly. Um, so he might he might come in. I mean, he's a, a young centre back. You he, he can see that coming see him replacing perhaps um, Craig Dawson maybe who has only got one year left in his contract and um, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he left in the summer
0: I was surprised by the story which you published today Matt Um, Craig Dawson not wearing club attire to the training ground that was last summer last summer yeah well you wrote it and it went out today but you know it amazes me that kind of stuff
1: well I don't know I mean he wanted out didn't he he wanted to go so
0: surprise either way just surprised me um uh Ryan P. Glasgow asks what league lot leagues can you see us signing players from? Can you see us shopping abroad? In recent years we've relied very heavily on British players.
1: Yes, I think I mean from what I gather I think I think they will try and dip into the overseas market. Um I think they've probably seen what Norwich have done. And I think if you're looking for value for money, that is the way to go. I mean it's easier said than done. You've got to be very shrewd and you've got to pick up the right right players, but um you know, I for one wouldn't wouldn't know where to begin, um, but you know, that's not my job. So yeah. um, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll see what what they come up with. Mm-hmm. Billich has in the past talked about having a, a domestic core in his teams. Um, I think he said that when he was at West Ham that it's important to have a domestic core. But you could argue that there is that there already at Albion. You yeah. think about Chris Brunt. Um, you know, Carl Bartley will stay. I imagine. Sam Johnson in goal. Sam Johnson in goal. Maybe Jack Livermore will stay. Um, you know, Harry Robson Caru, players like that that will that there is there will be a domestic call. You know, the lads coming through. So, but you do want to have you do want to pick up those shrewd shrewd you know signings from abroad. I think when Dowling first took over, he talked about taking this club back to the model it had under Dan Ashworth. Now the thing that Albin were great at under Ashworth. Was finding those gems, those yeah. Malumbus, those Jakobs, you know, those those players that, oh, Jonas Solson, okay, right, I'm not sure, not really heard too so much about this lad, yeah, and they go on and they and they just become firm fan favourites because they're shrewd transfers. So that's where Albin have to go with it. And um, as I said, it's easier said than done because everybody's trying to do it, mm. uh, but I would I would hope to see more of that sort of uh, that sort of transfer this summer.
0: Mm. Dominic Hill uh, not a question as such but some insight on his time at West Ham would be interesting this is, of course talking about Billich from the outside looking in did extremely well for a time exciting football and very good results ended in confused tactics and reports of ill discipline and poor fitness amongst the squad
1: well I think we covered that earlier didn't we With I, th- I, I would agree with what Dom was saying he seemed to, he seemed to get off like a train mm. um, and then things did deteriorate how much that was due down to him and how much that was down to the, ex- the circumstances I think Um, depends on who you listen to yeah I do think there were some concerns over his over his tactical methods by the end but if he was if he was tired with the political infighting you know maybe his heart wasn't necessarily always in it by the end so we'll wait and see I think um, you've got to remember that of course that players and managers are allowed to get better and improve and change and become better at their job and learn from their mistakes. So the billiage that Albion get will not be the same village that was at West Ham. It won't be the mm. same village that was at Croatia. So um, you do have to take you do have to take that into account, I always think, when 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 you're buying players or or, or appointing managers.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um Richard Downing, if Appleton gets the whole job, can you see Shan or possibly more joining his backroom team?
1: Oh potentially, yeah. Um it's not what I've thought about, but yeah, potentially. Um Appleton um, I know he's. I know he's uh, heavily liked up there. Apparently at Hull, uh, speaking to a couple of people, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll wait and see on that one.
0: Do you expect Albion to actually buy players this season, or do you expect another season of loans? Uh, asks Slavs at the wheel, uh, the Baggies boss. Um, yeah, that's what he's asking. Loans I think. Or?
1: I think there'll be a mixture. I think. I, I think there will be a few loans. I don't think there'll be as many as last season. Maybe um, last season. Mm-hmm. What was it, six or seven or eight, mm. all told? Um, but I think there will be a few. I think to be successful in the Championship, you've got to have loans. Well, look at, look at the season just gone. Um, a number of clubs had loans that were successful, like Derby and, and Villa yeah. and Albion. Um, funnily enough, not many for the, the two teams that went up. No. As automatic, so that's interesting. But um, I think there are. there is... These days, Premier League clubs have such big squads that you that you can take a squad player from a Premier League side and they can be bloody good in a championship.
0: Mason Holgate is a key one. Yeah. Dwight Gale, Harvey Barnes. Yeah. I mean, if you can do, if you can, if you can get another deal like Harvey Barnes through the door, then you're laughing.
1: Exactly. I think you can't ignore that market, I don't think, because you can bet your bottom dollar that the other championship clubs and your rivals will not be ignoring it. So mm. I think you've got to look at it. Um, but I think... I don't think there'll be as many as perhaps uh, The season just gone. Mm. Paul Chappell, Bilic was out of work
0: in February. Why wasn't he appointed when Moore went if he was the board's choice?
1: It was a different job, wasn't it? I mean, when, uh, when Moore was sacked, they needed a manager capable of the short-term burst of that season and also the long-term aim. I think they weren't talking to Bilic then, they were talking to Jukanovic. Who incidentally is just taking a job in Qatar, which I think mm-hmm. shows you where his priorities lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and from what I gather, Ykanovich was keen to come. But there was a concern, uh, particularly from Luke Dowling, who has worked with Ykanovich before, that things would have got worse before they got better, because he also, like like Darren, wanted to play out from the back, had a very firm belief in 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 that style. Mm. And the Albion were looking at a ten game. Well, twelve game season really. Yeah. Or perhaps preparing just for a, a, a two a two game season at the end of it, at the end of it really because when Darren Moore was sacked, for Albion to go up automatically, they would have had to have won every one of their remaining ten games. Yeah. And with a side that had not won more than three on the spin all season, mm. it just wasn't going to happen. No, no. And regardless of who you appointed, so. I actually think Jimmy Shan did a quite a good job of steadying the ship. You know, there was a couple of disappointing results in there. The Bristol City one particularly was just a dreadful mm. half an hour. Um, but he stopped Albion from falling out of the top six. Yeah. And I don't really know was if there was much he could have done against Villa differently. The only I think his game plan was perfect.
0: I thought I thought. He- it stifled Villa, and I tell you what, on, an, on another day, if the, if he's not, as you said previously, got one hand tied behind his back, I think they could win that.
1: Yeah, I think I don't think his players helped him out there getting sent off. Although the only question mark, and it is the, a minor one, is whether he might have taken Gale off. But take your star striker off in the in the playoff semi final, it's a difficult one. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and he was causing me so much problems, so many problems. But. Um, I think you can't take everyone off that's on a yellow, can you? No. We've been through this before, anyway. Yeah. But I think that's why. um Bilic wasn't appointed then. Um you know, I don't think it's any secret that that Bilic has emerged as, as a candidate this summer, um, and probably emerged as a candidate after they've spoken to other other candidates and not been convinced. You know. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with with doing that. With it. it in some respects, with holding your nerve, I mean, I think that yeah. that seems to be how they've done it. They've they've held their nerve, and oh well, we could we could appoint him, or we could appoint him. I mean, I think I don't think the Cowleys were were interested in in the in, in coming. I think they they wanted to. I think they've got a good thing going at Lincoln. Yeah, um, and you know, were they was that a bit of a jump for them as well from League Two? Up to the championship, yeah. um, I don't. Uh, Bruno Labadio I think, was obviously one that the, a the name they were interested in, um, and they spoke to a couple of times. Um, but again, you know, it it it, it would have well, it would have been a risk like like Bilic. I think it was probably an appointment that they would have got got behind mm-hmm. um, the fan base, but it would have been a, a risk just like Bilic. I think. Um, you know as i said before when when i wasn't convinced that hutton was, was really the answer myself I mean, maybe maybe it would have been a safe pair of hands but um you know you can you can see how they've got to this situation where they have not been convinced by the people they've spoken to mm. and so they've casted the, the net a bit a bit a bit wider and, and landed on Bilic and it's fair enough i mean the proof will be in the pudding ultimately whether it's the right choice or not um but i think the reason why he wasn't appointed in in, in March, it as it's just a completely different job. And also, I wonder if he he may have been on gardening leave from his Saudi Arabia job and potentially start you know contractual agreements um, with with that because um, he was sacked mid-season. So yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but. And there may be something to do with that as well.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple more just because we're running short on time now. Uh, Dan Nash asks, "What did Billich do or say to make him the man for the job of head of the others like Labadie and
1: Houghton?" Has the club released any details for why he was the outstanding candidate? I think, as I said earlier, it was the passion. It was the it was his it was the passion that he and the energy that he exuded in the interview room. From what I gather, that he like he was des he really wanted to come, not desperate. He was so keen to come. Mm. And sometimes I think. You can approach a manager and, and and invite them for an interview, and they and they come, and and do they actually are they are they fully invested? Do they really want to come? You know, they're just using it for interview practice. Well, not just that, but like, you know, I'm talking about something like Chris Hewin. How much was he desperate mm. to grab that opportunity by the scruff of the neck? Yeah, I think Billich convinced them that he was he was really keen. Apparently, is you know his presentation was was incredibly detailed um, mm-hmm. as well so I think you've got I think that's why I think you've got someone who was who, who was you know keen to come willing to come I think they at the start there was probably a bit of a disparity between how much um, he wanted and how much Albin wanted to pay him but mm-hmm. you know the fact they got it done shows that you know the negotiations Albin look from everything I heard and, and this was from you know people not within the club but outside as well that although there was a little bit of disparity there they both sides want to get it done yeah. and ultimately when that's the case it gets done Yeah. so I think that's what I think that's what sort of impressed the board is that he was keen keen as mustard and mm-hmm. that's important you know you want somebody who wants the job Yeah. you don't want somebody who just is doing it because it's another job Exactly, yeah. Uh
0: last one, Tom WBA. If we sell Craig Dawson, is there a greater chance of us keeping Ahmed Hagazi or would neither deal affect one another? Also, as far as you know, are there any more promises, clauses similar to that of J. Rods?
1: I think in terms of just um logistics you have to say that Albion would probably hold on longer to Hagazi if Dawson went, because that would you know that would require another purchase, another another transfer, another defender to be brought in from what I gather Leicester were keen on Higazi last season I wonder if they might return I'm not sure but I wonder if they might return if, if Maguire goes they might have other options by now You know, it's a different manager isn't it they've got Rodgers rather than Puel in, in place so he might have his own transfer targets they seem to be shopping in a different market as well so mm-hmm. maybe not but um, if I was watching Albion last season the defender I would have gone for is Higazi yeah. rather than Dawson but I think Dawson's got one year left in his deal he's probably a bit more affordable than Higazi um, to to Premier League clubs so that's probably why they're looking at him Um, in terms of the release clauses I think there will be release clauses in in, in other contracts I think it's it's quite a modern phenomenon I think quite a few now have them Mm. um, especially the overseas players Um, I I think there probably are quite a few in place Um, Rodriguez's release clause is, is £10 million, though. You know, it's been yeah. reported as five plus five, which is what it is. But I think support sometimes latch onto the five mil. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's two set installments of £5 million. Now, if you sold a player for £10 million, transfers, all transfers are paid in installments anyway. There's very rarely are they paid up front. Mm. So um, the, it, it's a £10 million release clause. Now, that makes it maybe slightly less appealing to some to some clubs, although again, I do expect it to be met eventually. So, um, the problem that I have is that we How long do these release, release clauses last? I think I think J Rods is is only applicable until the middle of July. Yeah. So I don't think it's the whole transfer window. <clears throat> um, so it might time out. And remember last season there was a ten million pound release clause on Amadagazi which timed out, mm-hmm. and the sixteen and a half million pound release clause on Solomon Rondon which timed out. Yeah. So these things do time out. They're not always hit so um, uh, yeah so hopefully that answers your question
0: yeah and that does it for questions thanks to everyone who put them in we couldn't get around to all of them today I hope that um, this bonus episode or this first part of our bonus episode um, made for good listening Um, but not to worry we'll bring you more coverage of uh, Bilic's first press conference next week Uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that and also tune in to next week's episode so unless Matt you've got anything else to add that about wraps
1: us up Uh, no I don't think so Um, just I suppose speak to you all next week and if you don't tune into that see you all in Benidorm <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah super slavs barmy army will be there um, yeah until next time uh, keep on tuning in